Welcome to The Real Deal with Jen Costa, your podcast for all things spiritual, where I take you along on my journey through life and we talk about mediumship, all things woo, and everything in between. Let's get started. All right, friends, welcome back. And today we are going to talk about tools that I use to develop my intuition and how you can also use them too. And this came up because a week or two ago, my stepsister came over and was asking about how to actually develop her intuition. And my daughter was home and we had started playing with some cards and I was like, all right, you want to practice? Here are some ways. And so it directly came from her. So I thought if she's looking to do this, other people probably are, and this could probably be helpful. So I'm going to tell you first about my own experiences, developing on my own prior to getting in a mediumship group, Um, and then I'll talk about some stuff I did also in the group, and then we'll give you some actual tangible things you can practice. So number one, the first thing I did was to learn meditation. Now you might be like, oh my God, I can't meditate. I don't know if I've ever actually truly meditated. A lot of people, I think, have an understanding of meditation that it is to blank out your mind, to think of nothing, to just be quiet and silent and sit in the silence. And it's partially sitting in silence, but your mind naturally has thoughts. So those thoughts are completely normal. It's more of getting in that state of relaxation where you can quiet the mind to a place to kind of like get other messages. So it takes practice. It's not easy. A tool that I used when I was trying to figure out how to meditate, because it did take me a long time, was to sit there in a spot, you get comfortable. And I didn't start with music, but I found this recording in this woman. She walked you through one. And what she did was literally go from your toes all the way down up to the top of your head and calmed and relaxed your body. And from the beginning of that to the end of that, I found that super helpful and I felt completely different at the end. So what she did was literally make you focus on and she would say like, okay, I want you to feel your feet and you breathe in. And as you breathe out, I want you to exhale whatever energy from your feet into like the ground. And however you want to do it, you could picture like a tree with roots, like holding you down to the ground, just grounding your energy, right? So that energy that you don't need or that you want to get rid of or, you know, transmute, make feel better is going to go back into the ground and the earth will do whatever she will with it. And then the next breath you take in, you would go up a little. So you might go, oh, my calves and my knees, I'm breathing in and then I'm releasing all that energy. And as I started to do that up through my entire body, I started to actually feel these small sensations of like calmness and relaxing because what you're doing is you're actually focusing on that body part. And how often do we sit there and say, I need to focus on my calves and my knees, right? So it's bringing your attention to that and your awareness and refocusing your mind from all the things you're thinking about or things that might be popping in to actually your body and where you are. So I found that super helpful over time. I mean, I still do that when I'm really racy or if a lot has been happening and I just need to chill. Usually I can just go in and meditate, you know, in two seconds and I can get into a meditation now or sitting in the power or whatever you want to call it. But sometimes because we live this human life, like it's too much. I need to sit there, get myself 
chill and still, and then I can go into whatever meditation I want to. So I will still to this day use that exercise and go through my entire body. And I don't need to walk you through the whole thing. Do what feels right. Practice. Try different methods. If you're like, I need to go every inch. I need to go my calf alone. I need to go my knees. Then I need to go my quads. Or if you can do larger body parts, it's totally up to you. Go all the way up to your neck, your head, your chin. You can do front and back, whatever works for you. But give it a shot. And I found that very helpful as I started to figure out how to meditate and to get myself into that calm space. The second thing I did was I did this thing called what I now realize what I was actually doing most of the time was not meditating, but sitting in the power. And it's just something you don't have to call it that if you don't like it. Because again, we're very focused on words and some words even feel weird to me again, still like sitting in the power. But all I was doing was my intention was sitting there and I was going to be open to whatever came in. And I got my body chill from like going through, clearing it out. And then I was like, all right, what's going to happen today? And these wild things would happen to me. And even how you see will change from the beginning to the end if you, over time, I mean, if you continue to do this in some sort of practice. And initially, when I started to see clairvoyantly, which is in your mind's eye, which basically I say, see the red fire hydrant in your mind, that's what it means. I would start to see gray shapes and I would see I remember sitting in my living room at my last apartment and seeing all these gray shapes and I knew it was bodies and it felt like almost like all these, I don't know what it was, people, it's obviously not people, but like people that I knew, like they were there for me, but it was very weird to see in my mind. And so every day, like these, I would guess you could call them visions, would like progress and they would change. And I was like, oh, cool. So I continued to do it because it made me interested and I was like, what's going to happen today? What am I going to see today? It was like watching a movie, but I was living it. So you can try that also depending on where you're at. Uh, The third thing I used to do was I used to sit in the quiet like during this whole time. So I would, you know, sit in the power and meditate and all that. And I would get the lights really dim and I would try and see energy. I don't know. I did a lot of Googling at the time. So clearly I was coming up with the stuff on my own or was I? I have no idea. And what I would do was try and see energy visually with my eyeballs, not in my mind's eye, not like in my head, with my eyeballs. So I had a really dark hassock or like a, you know, the thing you put your feet on. I don't even know what it's called anymore. It's my old grandparents used to call it a hassock. Um, And it was dark. So in the dim room, I would hold my hand like in front of that because I found it easier to hold your hand in front of something darker than lighter. So if you have like white walls, it's not ideal to start out with. And I would look at my hand and I would try to see the energy around it. Now you're like, what does that look like? What are you talking about? I don't know what I'm looking for. The most similar thing you can relate it to is, you know, on a hot day in the summer, like you look at the asphalt and say, you look at the horizon where the road meets like the horizon and you see the heat rise off of the ground. And it looks looks all blurry, right? Like heat rising is all blurry. It kind of looks like that. It has a similar vibe like to that. So when you look at your hand, I would soften my gaze so I wouldn't stare directly at my finger and focus on it. I would kind of like let my eyes almost not go crossed totally, but like soften my gaze so that I could 
look around, see around them almost from not your peripheral, but like you're not focusing on your pointer finger. You're looking, you're really looking at the area around it, even though your eyes might be looking at your pointer finger. And I would start to see like, if I moved my hand, I could kind of see that wavy energy. It takes some practice, but again, it's subtle. So that's another thing you can try. And remember, like, if you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, it's not working. Again, we're trying to sense things that are so subtle, you have to give it time and be patient. Another thing I would do is <laughs> when this all happened, I would start to feel movement in my hands. Now I was open to that. If you're like, don't touch me, I don't want to feel anything. That's fine. Don't do this. But for those of you who are like a little curious, I would start to completely relax like my hands and I would hold them in my lap and just let them be loose. I would start to feel movement in my hands, like slow movement. And I'm like, okay, that's mine, right? I'm doing that subconsciously because I'm thinking about it. And over time, I started to be able to use that as like yeses and nos. So I would get movement in one finger that meant yes. A certain finger moved and that would mean no. And then, of course, because I asked questions incessantly in the beginning and was a bit like much, I would get the like trust. And that was a different finger. Basically, stop asking. You need to just, you know, take it for what it is. We said yes. Stop asking. I knew that this was becoming a thing or that it was legit for me because I would ask questions to things I didn't know the answers to. So sometimes I would do I was talking to someone and be like, is this going to happen? And the answer would be yes, and it would happen. Or I would say, are they going to say yes to this answer? And it would be like, no. And after that happening so much, I was like, oh, okay. Like maybe there's something to this. I also, when I would do all of this, would also get chills. So here's something to look out for. You get chills, right? And normally we get chills because we're like, ah, we're cold, right? When you blow it off. Well, do this next time. Look at your arms or wherever you get the chills, right? And I would pull my sleeve up to look and I would have chills, physically feel the chills in my body and I would look and there would be no goosebumps. And sometimes there would be, but most of the time there was no goosebumps. So that is you feeling and sensing energy that you cannot see. Another thing I used to do was write this all down in journal, especially in the beginning. Even now I journal. I never journaled in my life until I started like doing this kind of development And it's been nice to look back and see how far I've come and like how the beginning was versus up to now. And I wrote down in my journals meditations that I had or sitting in the power, what I would see, experiences, things I heard clairaudiently, which is like in your, not through your ears, but like through your mind. I also would record voice memos on my iPhone because... I didn't want to write sometimes or in the beginning I couldn't get deep enough into the meditation to write without overthinking. So I would just record it on my phone and then I would write it out. And over time that ended up being too long because these are like 40 minute meditations I would do or like I would end up being out of it for like an hour and it came to the point where I'd have to set my alarm because I'd have things going on and be like, oh my God, I was out for an hour. I didn't know I was going to go that long. So just some things to keep in mind as you do it. Now, here's where we're going to get into the kind of fun practice examples of things you can do that are a little more lighthearted. Um, Not that any of this is serious because it doesn't have to be. But the other day when my stepsister came over, I was like, all right. And I went and grabbed the Uno deck and a deck of cards. 
Because she's like, I want to practice improving my intuition. I was like, sure. And this doesn't have to be called mediumship. It can just be you trying to get in touch with a quieter energy, right? A more subtle energy. It doesn't have to be called, you know, anything that makes you uncomfortable. Call it what you need to. Because everyone, there is subtle energy around us and they can even measure some of this energy scientifically. Things we can't see, right? Things that we can't see with our eyes. So I grabbed the deck of cards and a deck of Uno cards and I would say, okay, you know what? Let's start with the Uno cards. Tell me what color. Now there's not a lot of colors in the Uno deck and we didn't use the black one. I just used colors, like this four or five colors maybe. And I'd say to her, okay, I'm going to hold this up. And now I'm going to like send to you, my intention is to send to your mind like the color. I want you to tell me the first thing you get. Not the first thing that you think, the first thing that you kind of get an impression on. And my daughter was sitting there playing on her iPad, kind of ignoring us, kind of listening. And I'd hold up the card and my daughter would kind of like stop what she was doing, kind of be like, "Uh, I know what it is. And I'd be like, shh, quiet. (laughs) And... Then my stepsister would be like, green. And I was like, no. And my daughter would go yellow. And I was like, right. Okay. And she kept getting them over and over. And my daughter really wasn't trying. That's why. And I was telling my my sister, like, hey, it's not because you can't do it. It's because you're trying and you're thinking. And sometimes when we overthink, like, it actually is harder. So if you can go into it being playful, and a little more lighthearted and not trying to put pressure on yourself. That's like one of the biggest things I've learned doing this, you know, and all my mediumship like training is the more you can relax and like get away from yourself and get away from your ego of I want to be right, the easier it comes to you. Easier, trust me, way easier said than done. It's taken me years to do it and I still have my days. So you can do it with a regular deck of cards. You can go red or black. You can do numbers. You can do spades any way you want to try and play this game. Another thing I did, so I walked into mediumship class one day and there were these squares of felt fabric on the table and they were all different colors. And the teacher said, all right, I want you, everyone close their eyes. One person takes one and you went around and picked a color, right? And then you put like your energy on that. Your intention was whatever. Of course I picked like black or I think I picked something different than black because I'm like, people are going to know I'm going to pick black. We all picked one and then when it was your turn, she'd put, she knew what color the person picked and she would say, okay, you're going to guess for this person. And she'd put three squares in front of you and not by visuals, but you'd have to feel them. You'd have to touch each square and see what you felt and see if you could get connect with the color that the person picked. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't, but it was a fun exercise in intuition right? And coming from more of a lighthearted perspective, not saying, oh, do you know what their name is? You know, and all these crazy evidential things you're trying to get. Another thing I had done regularly or tried to do was there's all the clairs in mediumship, right? And basically the clairs are all the senses that we have. Like we can see, hear, smell, taste, touch, and feel. And those basically translate to all the things you do in mediumship. It's just doing it in a different way. So you can see in your mind's eye or in the world we live in, you can see with your eyeballs, right? You can hear with your ears or you can hear in your inner like mind. You can smell. I've had people smell in mediumship. 
smell different things. Sometimes when I'm walking in the woods, I'll smell certain pipes and no one is around me, like nobody. There's also taste. I have not really had that experience, I can't say. Um, So anything you can do kind of like in this world that we live in is like translated there also. When I was reading a book called Between Two Worlds, and it's by Janet Nohavak, and she was a medium who actually passed, I think, within the last year or so. And she was actually a nun who transitioned to being um, a medium. And I was lucky enough to go attend her, one of her classes. And she had like, she's part of the spiritualist church. And if you've listened to any of my things, you know, I don't like rules and churches and things. But I was like, let me see this lady, people rave about her. What is she all about? Let me see what she's teaching. And she was very, very good medium. And I was reading her book and it made me really curious about her because a lot of, she dealt with a lot of tough things in life and she wrote about them in her book. And I was like, I can resonate, you know, that resonates with me. She was one of the first books I think I found that had actual tangible things that I could try and practice to help develop myself at home. And one of them was to increase your clear audience, which is clear hearing. So how do you hear things? And one of the things was she said, hear a train, hear a train in your mind, hear the whistle. Okay. And then you start to hear now, like practice hearing it louder and louder. And the more you practice that, it will be easier for you to hear messages from spirit. And so you can practice that with different sounds. So I thought for me in the beginning, that was very helpful and the way she explained it made me go, oh, that's, that's how it works. Oh, okay. Because sometimes you'll find it's not explained because this is an exact science. It's people just trying to figure these out and explain about these things that we can't see. During a class recently, I also had an experience with songs and I thought this was really fun and lighthearted. And again, whenever you can go into any of this intuition from a lighthearted perspective, it's going to be easier. If you go in trying really hard, it's going to be really hard for you. It's just the way it is. Like when, when we can relax and let stuff just come to us, it tends to be a lot easier to flow to you. So we were paired in groups for this, and this is during a mediumship online development class. It was on songs. And what we were supposed to do was connect with one person and be like, what song do you hear when you connect with this person? And then kind of go into why. Now, that's one way to do it. And we did. And we had some really cool connections. And especially if you like music, this could be a really fun one. I think most people can connect with music in some way. Some other ways to do it with music, right? And I'll do this a lot. I will put my phone on and I use Spotify and I have a playlist. Or I'll go into my Apple songs that I've downloaded and I'll hit shuffle. And I'll literally say, Spirit, what do you got for me today? Give me a song that like... It could be like what resonates with my mood. What do I need to hear? And sometimes it's it's comical what comes through and you're like, you've got to be kidding me. But it's another fun, lighthearted way. Like if you sit with someone and say, you know what? I'm going to see what song I get for you. And it might not even be something you're into. See how it resonates with them. It could be even something you do at lunch for fun as a joke. You don't even have to be into the stuff. And be like, this song is what I get for you. And ask them why and like what does it mean to them and you might be surprised what they say so the last thing i'll leave you with today the last exercise or thing you can practice 
is how to practice seeing auras, right? And what's an aura? People say it's like the energy around a person, right? It's kind of like what I was trying to see with my hand in the dark, except you can have look at a whole person's body and see it. And we did this in class before. And again, it's, it's, you don't have to dim the light. You can use a light wall. Actually, for this one, I believe the walls were really light. And you have someone stand in front of a solid color wall, like no paint, uh, no wallpaper, no printed anything distracting on there because you want to be able to focus on the energy around the person. And again, you soften your eyes here. And then you're looking at the space around them, not directly, but indirectly. So you soften your gaze and then you'll, you might start to see a glow and that glow is, it's kind of like an outline of sorts and it might be closer to the body. It might expand as you walk, look at it. So once you see it also, and you're like, I think that's it. You can go into like, what color does it look like to you? Now, what color you see might be different. Maybe you feel the color. Maybe you don't actually see it with your eyes. Or maybe you look at it and you actually do see like, oh, I'm seeing like a light green. Then you go into like, what does that color mean to you? Like not like as you're thinking, oh, green means grass. So like, what kind, What does green mean? Does it mean healing to you? Does it mean like calmness? Now, these are all just fun things to practice to try and help your intuition. But keep in mind, you don't have to do mediumship to do these things. It can just be fun, lighthearted. Oh, we're having some drinks. Let's just pull out some cards, see if you can guess it. Because everyone has intuition. We've all had that phone ring and be like, I know this is so-and-so. And it ends up being them. And you're like, oh my God, how'd I know? That's intuition, people. It could be that simple. And keep in mind, this doesn't have to be serious. The more lighthearted you can be about it, the more playful, it's actually better. It will come to you with more ease. And keep in mind, kids are very open. If you do this with them, they might beat the pants off you and you're going to be a little frustrated. So keep that in mind. But they are very open to a certain point, um, to a certain age, and then they start tend to often shut off a little bit. But if you're playing with your kid, don't be surprised if they end up getting all the things right. But then you go in and you're like, let's practice this because this happened with my daughter the other day. She's like, let's play that Uno game again. And it wasn't really Uno she wanted to play. She wanted to guess the color. And this time, because she was trying, she didn't get any of them right. So it just goes to show you it goes both ways, kids and, adult, and adults. And just remember, what you're trying to do is feel subtle energy. And it's not easy. It takes practice and time. And if it interests you, keep going with it. If you just want to do it randomly here and there, there's no right or wrong way or time to do it. But it can be really fun. And I hope you found this episode helpful. And I hope you have some fun things to play around with. And we'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave me a review or rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you found this episode helpful, feel free to share with friends. And if you're interested in getting a reading from me, you can book directly on jencostamedium.com. Have an awesome day, and thanks for taking the time to listen.